Welcome back to the MicroConf Podcast. I'm Rob Walling, and this is a MicroConf Tactics episode where I dive deep into churn, talk about what churn is and how to reduce it in your startup. This episode is pulled from a YouTube video. If you want to see that, the link is in the show notes. Before we dive into this episode, MicroConf Remote is happening in two weeks. We're focused on early stage marketing. We're looking at things like Captera and SEO, and I'm doing kind of a broad look at, at several marketing approaches. But we have Amanda from SparkToro. We have the founder of Gemdesk. We have Gia Laudi from Forget the Funnel. It's going to be a great time. It's fully remote. We do 90 minutes a day over three days. You get to mingle with other founders. And tickets are the least expensive we've ever had at a remote. We want to make it accessible to as many people as possible. Head to microconfremote.com if you're interested in checking it out. Competition for great talent is more challenging than ever. Almost every startup I know struggles to hire fast enough to keep up with demand. In order to hire faster, you need a trusted source of pre-vetted candidates. Lemon.io is that source. They have an extensive network of engineers from Europe and Latin America, and every candidate has been tested and interviewed by their team. You're probably wondering, how is this different from hiring on your own? Number one, you can have an engineer who can start working within a week instead of months. Number two, you don't waste your time on unqualified candidates. Number three, you'll have easy access to global talent without going through dozens of job boards. And number four, it's more affordable than hiring local talent. So if you need to expand your engineering team or delegate some of your engineering work, use Lemon.io. We have a special discount for fans of MicroConf. Visit Lemon.io slash MicroConf to receive a 15% discount for the first four weeks of working with a developer. That's Lemon.io slash MicroConf. In this video, I'm going to define churn and talk about how to reduce it in your startup. I'm going to cover the why, the what, the when, and how, so you can not only understand it, but also reduce it. If you stick around till the end of the episode, I'll share a video case study of how I reduced churn in my own startup by finding product market fit. I'm Rob Walling, a startup founder with multiple exits, author of three books about building startups, an investor in more than 100 companies. As I mentioned at the top, I'm gonna to cover four areas of churn and we're gonna start with the why. Really the question is, why learn about churn? Why is it important to know your churn? And to do that, I have to back up and define it, right? A basic definition of churn is the number or the percentage of customers that you lose each month or the percentage of revenue that you lose each month, depending on how we define it. This is usually calculated monthly. And the reason that knowing your churn is important is because churn is the death of SaaS. If your churn is too high, it is virtually impossible to grow and you will plateau. So in most SaaS companies, anything higher than like 5% a month is not great. It depends. If you're really going after consumers or you have a low-priced product, you can be in that 5 to 7% range, but consider like 9% churn. That essentially means that you have to replace your entire customer base every year. It's massive. It's a huge amount of effort to replace customers after you spend all the time finding them, getting them to your website, convincing them to buy, nurturing them, and then providing the support. And then if they churn, you lose that revenue stream. Now that we've covered the why, let's look at the what. What is churn? I'm going to give you essentially two definitions of the most common types of churn that we look at in SaaS. By far, the most important is revenue churn. Revenue churn is the percentage of your monthly recurring revenue that you lose in a given month. Or if you're looking annually, which most bootstrapped and mostly bootstrapped SaaS companies do not, but if you're looking annually, then you know you could calculate it that way too. And in the how section, we'll look at exactly how to calculate it, but realize that the percentage of MRR that you lose in a given month is your gross revenue churn. 
And then there's something called customer churn, or you might hear it called logo churn. And this is the percentage of customers that you lose in a given month. And you might ask, well, which of these is more important? And you may have already heard me say, revenue churn is more important. Because if you have 10 customers and one is paying you $1,000, and nine are paying you $10 a month. If one customer cancels, that's 10% customer churn. But if it's that first customer paying you $1,000, it's almost, you know, it's 90 something percent of your revenue. So you really wanna look at revenue because your customer count is a lot less important than your actual MRR. One last thing on definitions, realize that the numbers that I just indicated, they are gross churn, right? Gross revenue churn, gross customer churn. But there is a way to have negative churn in your business. And that is when you have expansion revenue. That's when someone is on a pricing plan. And if they add more seats or they add more subscribers, they get bumped up to a higher pricing plan. And so that same customer is now paying you more money. That's called expansion revenue because it's revenue you get from someone's usage of your tool expanding. And expansion revenue is essentially negative churn. If you think about it, instead of losing revenue from your customers, you are actually gaining it from the existing customers. And if you get enough expansion revenue, you can actually have net negative churn, which is where your expansion revenue outweighs your gross revenue churn. It's an incredible golden ticket. I call it the cheat code of SaaS because when you have net negative churn, it means that you can add zero customers in a given month and your business still expands, it still grows. And a business like that is just an incredible flywheel of growth. Next, let's talk about when. When should you look at churn? Always, kind of. I mean, it, honestly, you should be looking at churn from the day that you start your SaaS company. The hard part is in the early days when you have three customers and one churns, you have 33% churn, the numbers don't actually mean that much. So it doesn't start making sense until you have 50 customers or 100 customers to really start looking at churn. But the idea is that before you have product market fit, you can have really high churn. And the normal tactics that we might use to counter churn that we're gonna look at later in the how section, those don't work because the problem is, you haven't built something people want. So before product market fit, your churn can be all over the place and can be extremely high. And really, usually the core cause is you just haven't built something people want. And in terms of when to look at churn, when I've run my SaaS companies, I've looked at churn on usually about a weekly basis, sometimes a daily basis. I know some founders will only look at it every month. And I think if your business is more mature and more stable, that's okay. But especially in the early days, you really do need to be on top of this because you need to see if particular cohorts are churning. Uh, and we'll look at, at that a little later about segmenting churn. But I think churn should be calculated on an ongoing basis in real time. That should always be done. Whether you're using a third-party provider that is on your, your payment provider account calculating that churn, or you have a custom dashboard, you should be able to look up your churn at any time without having to calculate it. And now let's dig into the meat of it, the how how to actually calculate churn, and then how to improve it if you're having trouble with it. So the way to calculate revenue churn is to take the total MRR that canceled this month. So if you lost $500 in total MRR this month to churn, and you divide that by the starting MRR amount. So if you had $10,000 in MRR at the beginning of the month, and you had $500 in canceled MRR during the month, you have 5% gross revenue churn. And similarly, you can calculate customer churn by taking the number of customers who cancel in a given month and divide that by the number of customers you had at the beginning of the month. Again, that is a much less important number to me personally, but it is something that a lot of tools calculate and you can keep an eye on it. And if you wanna have some nerd alert fun, segment your churn by a few different areas. Segment by pricing tier, segment by customer type, and segment by cohort or by age of customer. And look at those, look at how different they are. 
almost always. Segmenting by pricing tier, you'll see the people who pay the least amount of money churn the most. And the fun part of doing customer type and the age, you know, the cohort of the customer is you can really get an idea of how long people typically stick around. And if you had a certain batch that came from, let's say a bunch of ads you ran, you can see if the churn is higher or lower, or you can see if certain industries really get more value out of your tool than others. Now we're gonna dive into how to reduce churn. Of course, there are a lot of ways to do it, and we do have to separate it to before product market fit and after. And product market fit is not a binary, but it is a spectrum. And once you have a decent amount of product market fit, there are some tactics that you can implement that can help you reduce it. But before product market fit, I'm gonna be honest, this is one of the hardest problems in entrepreneurship. If churn is high and you're early, it's very likely because you haven't built something people want. So you need to go do that. The hard part is, figuring out how to do that. There is no blueprint, right? There is no book. There are some loose frameworks like customer development, which say talk to your customers and build what they need, but that isn't as easy as it sounds. And frankly, it's not often I see the same path to product market fit done the same way twice, even by the same founder. It's always this journey that you have to wander. And certainly talking to your customers is one way, but you also have to have a vision for what you're building. And you also have to try not to be too clever and try to build a new category unless you have $10 million of venture funding in the bank account and you have years that you want to invest into it. So getting to product market fit is where I see most SaaS startups fail. And often it's a longer road than you want it to be. And there is no exact blueprint as I've already said, but for a video case study of how I did exactly that with the last startup I did, it was called Drip, stick around to the end of this episode and I will mention where that is. So now let's move on to reducing churn if you have product market fit, meaning that a group of customers gets a lot of value out of your product and you're finding, you know, some new customers on a somewhat regular basis. So then it's what we call blocking and tackling, right? It's getting down and reading support tickets and looking at exit surveys for the signs of why people are churning. It's determining why are they leaving? Interviewing customers is another good way, right, for deeper information. Usually, churn falls into a few categories, all right? So there's fixable churn and there's unfixable churn. So fixable churn includes things like they never got set up or you're lacking a feature or key features they need. Your pricing is too high or your product is frustrating to use. Maybe your UX is crappy, you're having performance issues. Or lastly, maybe it's that they don't see the value. This is related to pricing, but it can be different. Even if you were a dollar a month, some folks just don't see value in an app anymore that they signed up for. So those were the fixable types and I'll go back through them now and talk through briefly how I would approach fixing each of those. For the unfixable, they're unfixable. There isn't an easy way to get around them. This is internal company politics. Some companies also go out of business. That's another way that they churn and they're Again, there's not much to be done about that. And other times companies cancel because they just no longer need the tool. If they were doing a bunch of social media marketing and you're a social media posting tool, and then they decide we're not gonna do social media anymore, they just don't need your tool anymore. And there's no easy way to fix that. So now let's briefly walk through the fixable churn causes and talk about briefly how I would approach them. So the first is they never got set up. And so what would I do there? Well, I'd be looking, do I have in-app onboarding that helps walk them through? Do I have an email sequence that welcomes them and shows them the steps to get onboarded? Do I need to be a customer success rep or hire one to reach out proactively to get people onboarded? The second fixable reason is lacking a feature or features. I think this one's pretty obvious. If that feature is within your roadmap or within your vision of where the product should go and you're losing a lot of people to it, they're canceling, you should probably build that feature or features. Now, sometimes you get a one-off cancellation and they want some completely random feature that you're never gonna build. And that's okay, you're just not gonna fix that type of churn in the future. Sometimes someone churns and says, your price is too high. This is a tough one because 
I think most startups are probably underpriced and you're always going to get someone giving you negative feedback about your price. If no one's complaining about your price, you're probably underpriced. But if you start losing a lot of customers to a competitor that has come up and has built the same feature set and they are underpriced and they really are eating your lunch, yeah, then maybe I'd consider, well, can we add more value? Do we need to lower our prices? You know, there are times, it's pretty rare. Most of the time, someone complaining about price is kind of a one-off, or maybe they're not your best customer. That's the other thing to look at, is if a bunch of your customers cancel because of price, but a bunch don't, and they are different industries, or you know, somehow they have different budgets, go after those customers that aren't complaining about your price. The next reason is that your, if your app is frustrating to use because it has bad UX or it's slow or you got hacked, it's underperformant. This one is obvious how to fix it, but it's, it can be hard to fix, right? You need to get some good engineers and designers and improve the app performance. Again, easier said than done, but if you're losing people over it, then this should be something that you prioritize on your roadmap. And lastly, people who are canceling because they don't see the value of your product. So this could be related to pricing, but also what if, you, if you're charging $100 and then someone's gonna cancel and you say, well, even at five, $5, is it worth it? And you know, if they just don't see the value, it's not that they're not doing social media posting anymore, but maybe they don't need the features you've built. They just, they figured out, you know, Twitter built tweet scheduling into it. And so now it's just, it's just not as valuable, right? There are things like this that I, I think are hard to fix, but you can certainly look at, are there additional features going back up to the, the bullet above? Are there additional features that we can build that do make this product more valuable for that customer or that customer type. In just a second, I'm gonna tell you about a video case study of how I reduce churn with my own startup. But before that, I wanna tell you about the podcast I host it's called Startups for the Rest of Us. And every week for the past 12 years, I've shipped a new episode. We're on episode 615 and we're talking about all kinds of stuff related to SaaS, to building, to growing, to starting. It's very much in line with this YouTube channel. And I hope you check it out in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any place greater podcasts are served. So if you wanna check out the video case study I've referenced of how I reduced churn with my startup drip before product market fit, because we had high churn, we didn't have product market fit. We figured out what to build so that we had a product that people loved, people really wanted and were willing to pay for. And that's in a video on this channel called An Inside Story of Self-Funded SaaS Growth. It's from MicroConf 2015. And I hope you check it out. Hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, it'd be amazing if you'd hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and I'll see you in the next one.